0: Now O'Brien. Raymond finds Samuelson. O'Brien in front! Scores! His first as a Canuck! The drought is over and the game is tied at
1: one. Oh yeah, our boy Obi with his first as a Canuck. He only had 13 NHL goals in 537 games, so...
2: Obi wasn't a goal scorer. No, nope. right? no, he was. Uh, he was rough and tumble.
1: He was. yeah. he'd mix it up. Nine hundred and sixteen pims through his career.
2: Not bad. And he doesn't. He doesn't lie. He. He says. You know, sometimes he just off the glass and out. <laughs> <laughs> had a good. Had a pretty good career with that as well.
1: Uh, broke out one year with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning for uh, four goals and seventeen assists. Uh, in 77 games and then uh, we all know why he got traded the next season to the Vancouver Canucks
2: Prague (laughs) Prague is why he got traded Tampa
1: was having their preseason in Prague Uh, he's told us that story way back in the uh, reach deep days so
2: the best part of that deal is or that whole story is that Martin St. Louis had to pull him aside and say (laughs) settle down And like three days later after coming back from the trip he was traded yes but hey, he had like eleven. As a team, when yep. you're building on a trip. Mm-hmm. Who gives like eleven days in Europe or like <laughs> a full week in Prague? Come on. Yeah, uh,
1: you, you might have been asking for it. I don't know how much that's happening these days, but uh, back then, maybe a little bit more. Halford and breath in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today it's Dan Riccio and Randy Janda. Final hour of the program today here on the morning show, and you know, we've gotten to a lot. But Shane O'Brien's coming up uh, around eight fifteen this morning, so the ex-Canuck and uh, now host of the Missing Curfew podcast will be joining us. Uh, we've got uh, Wimbledon going on here as uh, Daniil Medvedev is going up against Chris Eubanks and, uh, well, not uh, having a ton of success. Actually, he's up one set. But um, yesterday, Novak Djokovic advanced to the semifinal. We've been talking about Shohei Otani all morning as well and just how impressive a figure he is. Lionel Messi is about to embark on an MLS career though he is joining the worst team in MLS in Inter Miami and he's bringing a bunch of his old Barcelona cronies with him in Jordi Alba and Sergio Busquets. But I've often like thought about man, we are in this incredible golden age of sports where like you could make the argument in every major sport the goat is playing or has been playing recently. And we talk about Otani right now doing something that nobody has ever done on a baseball field and pitching and hitting at an elite level. Djokovic is going to smash all of the tennis records, which were just set by Roger Federer. You know, Tiger Woods just winning a Masters in 2019, although that's you know, four years ago now. But Feels like ancient history. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, he's his career is now pretty much wrapped, but, you know, easily the greatest golfer we had ever seen Lewis Hamilton, the greatest car driver, like the greatest racer we'd ever yep. seen. You have LeBron James, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Like go down the list. You can make the argument that the best player in every sport is played in recent memory, Randy. But then I think about it and well, did, didn't people in like the 80s think of this when Michael Jordan was doing his thing and you had Joe Montana, you had Gretzky. I mean, you could make this argument almost for every generation, just athletes just keep getting better and better and better.
2: Yeah, as time goes on, they do. What makes this generation very different, though, I think is, and I think there's a ceiling to this, is the, the last 20 years especially, but let's even go 10 years, that era of athlete is able to invest millions upon millions of dollars to themselves. To their own upkeep, right? Like LeBron James, I think the number was about one and a half million dollars on personal training yeah. every season yep. of his own money outside of team facilities.
1: His uh, yearly expenses are a million and a half dollars on his own training, diet, whatever. All of that, doing, all of it, all that, encompassing.
2: That is unique to the last ten years. In, in the eighties, we had some amazing athletes. The Wayne Gretzky's go through, you know, uh, boxing in a lot of ways, especially with the middleweights was in its golden era. Of the Durans, the the Sugar Ray Leonard's, Hagler's, Hearn's, all of... Like, there were some really great athletes back then as well. Um, you know, you go through football, Jerry Rice, the whole thing. But what's different now is that the science behind it has taken it to another level. So, physically, especially with, you know, LeBron James, Cristiano Ronaldo, in his prime, you're never going to see a soccer player like that. No. An absolute machine. But that's self-investment. It, he looks
1: like he was built in a lab. That's what I always say For sure, Cristiano. right?
2: And there is a limit to that, to a certain extent. Like, DK Metcalf's another example. Yeah. Looks like a video game character. hmm So, I think that's unique to this generation, where the 80s, definitely the 90s, you didn't have that type of athlete. Like, the one GOAT that I would say that is probably unique to the 80s, or two of them, is Wayne Gretzky Michael Jordan, yeah. where not necessarily physical specimens but just so good at what they did and so much better than everybody where now you compare that generation of athlete to this generation it's like video game characters today right and that's the the scientific aspect of it
1: it's uh it's pretty wild you know and um when you sort of think about Wayne Gretzky i don't know if he was ever really thought of as the greatest athlete but then you see that video of him running the one hundred meter against like Pele and is it Bjorn, Bjorn Bjorn Borg and uh, put some
2: respect <laughs> on Bjorn Borg's name. Come on, reach get it right. And
1: uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, like what a collection of people.
2: Okay, <laughs> and they will Gretz not just will... like
1: leaving them in the dust in the one hundred. This is meters. this is
2: your recency bias. You know, Sugar Ray Leonard was a, the guy in boxing in the eighties. Come on.
1: Sorry, Pre- Mike I'm, Tyson. Pre Mike an Ty- 80s baby, baby, but a late 80s baby. No,
2: man. Pre-Mike Tyson, Sugar Ray was the guy. I didn't watch States
1: much world. boxing be- before Mike Tyson bit off Evander Holyfield's ear.
2: Yeah, that explains a lot. All right. <laughs> I wasn't alive when Sugar Ray was fighting, but I still watch his fights after the fact. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah, and who won that race?
1: Gretz. By a country mile. Who would win the race it, now? Gretz looked like Usain Bolt in that race.
2: meaning his time was probably like 18 (laughs) seconds or something like that but still respect on Gretz for winning that but like who would who would be in that race now
1: who would be in that race today like this
2: generation so not like today but like in the last 10 years Cristiano Ronaldo's got to be in that
1: yep uh from
2: who from the hockey world like
1: Roger Federer (laughs) is Roger Federer I don't
2: know Rafa was more the speed guy okay I think Rafa's got to be in there
1: so Rafa and his bad knees
2: yeah but like we're giving a 10 year window. Yes. Uh, hockey, like Do you Sid? Go
1: Sid or Connor? McDavid. Yeah. Probably go McDavid. Probably
2: go McDavid. But like Sid's also McDavid's known for his lower runner. body strength, dude. Yes. man. like, so it's not like Wayne Gretzky was. If you had to pick from the 80s, who would win in a race? It'd yeah. probably be Mike Gartner. <laughs> Mike Gartner was not in that race. <laughs> That's fair enough. Let's go Connor, though.
1: Uh, no, just no, guys. Okay. On what?
2: Exactly. Specify. We say a lot of foolish things on the show,
1: <laughs> but you know, if I were to think about my top five most watchable athletes right now, we are in a pretty great stage right now. I'm, you know, and and this is totally subjective, and I think it clearly factors in what sports you enjoy watching the most, but. Watching McDavid is unbelievable, and especially having the privilege to see him live on a regular basis here in Vancouver adds so much more to that because the speed when you see it in real life is just frightening. I'd say the same thing about Nathan McKinnon, actually. Erling Holland, I, I find to be one of the most fun players to watch. Just his constant running off the ball and the power that he can play with is something so unique to soccer right now. Rory McIlroy, I love to watch. Because I love... Like, I can cheer for McIlroy, but I also... There's an element of a storyline now with McIlroy, too, where here is arguably the most talented golfer out there right now, and he can't get it across the finish line in a major for now a decade. You know? But like that That storyline, when we were watching it play out at the u.s open he's like oh there's rory like i'd love to see him win but i also don't mind seeing him fail again on sunday and not being able to make a putt so i love watching rory play patrick mahomes and shohei otani probably round out my list like watching otani getting to see him at t-mobile field pitch a couple of times see him hit on the same day i mean it's it's next level getting to watch Shohei Ohtani.
2: All right. Three of the names on your list are on mine as well. Pat Mahomes, what can you say about the guy? He's special. Yeah. He shows it all the time. And just the ability to make those decisions, the arm, all of that, right? Shohei Ohtani, he's on that list. Connor McDavid. Those are the ones I agree with. Yeah. And the ones that I would include on that is, to me, it's Novak Djokovic. Uh, he's on that list for me. Where... Whether you're a Rafa guy or a Roger guy or a Novak guy, it doesn't matter when you start smashing records like that, when you're so automatic. Yeah. Where what do we talk about the you know the best players in any given sport where they're up against it and they still find ways to win? Like mm-hmm. Novak has that. There's always an element of drama in the match, even if he's down two sets. He's gonna come back and win somehow. The other player that I would mention, and I actually go to the soccer role, but I'm not going Holland. I'm going Kylian Mbappe. When you talk about the sheer, you know, the speed-skill combination and how he's able to overwhelm defenders in a very different way from Erling Holland. Holland's more of those runs off the ball, physical. Yeah. Kylian Mbappe is straight speed and skill. Like, good luck if you're a fullback. And we've seen what he can do at the international stage. It's unfortunate that he plays in the French League, which really gets no publicity. Because he is that special of a talent. So I would replace Holland with Kylian Mbappe and just with what he's able to bring on, on the football pitch.
1: It's uh, like Mbappe is is pretty incredible. Uh, watching that World Cup final. And, and look, Lionel Messi is still pretty good to watch on his own right. Um, but Mbappe is pure speed and skill. There's more finesse in his game than there is with Erling Holland, And I think that is... Also very impressive outside of McDavid. I think there is. um, There's a shout to be made for Kale McCarr. Like when he's been at his best. The highlights that he's been able to produce, especially in that. Not this past season, but the year prior, like that goal against Chicago. Where he comes down the wall and does like all these incredible things. Because of the advancements and I think the the increased ability of players skating, their edge work, and speed at the same time, and being able to play, like, the skill they're able to play with at speed is what makes some of those players great. You know, Gretzky was more methodical. He could pick you apart. He knew every angle, every space... Uh, all of the space on the ice, he knew it to a T. Crosby, you know, he's, I know he hates this terminology, but, you know, he's like the greatest, the most skilled grinder that, to ever play the game, right? So disrespectful. It honestly. is sort of it disrespectful. It is, man.
2: Like, he's like on the Rushmore for a lot of people, yeah. but we still come with that label of the ultimate grinder. Such a such a backhanded compliment.
1: <laughs> Crosby, the ultimate grinder. If he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. But
2: but that does speak to his work ethic, right?
1: It speaks to his work ethic, his ability to win pucks along the wall and do so many different things. And then there's McDavid, McJesus, who's just like the fastest thing we've ever seen, but also plays with as much skill as anybody we've ever seen at speed. And uh, Kale McCarr does that from the back end as well. Uh, speed and skill was the, the name of his game when he was a Vancouver Canuck. It's uh, Shane O'Brien with the Missing Curfew podcast now joining us. What's happening, Obes?
0: Oh, fellas, it's nice to get the band back together. And Daniel, if you're calling Crosby a grinder, that's the richest grinder I've ever heard of. <laughs> he brings his lunch pail to
1: the rink every day,
0: Obes. You know? <laughs> um, he sure does. No, I, I know what you're saying. The way he plays is the right way, obviously.
2: Uh, Obi, first of all, thank you for getting up early for us, buddy. I know I know this is a big
0: ask. I owe you some drinks after this. Yeah, yeah, I know. Listen, boys, I got Wimbledon on here, so I do get up earlier than I did back in the day. I, I often joke now, boys. I, I wake up early. I go to bed early. Uh, I would have never been an AV's doghouse nowadays. I'm, I'm the ultimate pro now. That's all I got to say. <laughs>
1: We were just kind of talking about uh, the best players in the league to watch right now because, you know, we're, we're watching the All-Star game. We watched uh, Joker yesterday, Djokovic, and how incredible he is. But between McDavid and Makar, who's, uh, who's the most uh, who's the player you're tuning in, appointment viewing right now in the NHL, obs
0: Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, being a defense and the stuff that McCarr does with his escapability, the way he walks the line, uh, the way he jumps in the play, the way he can and change his angle, you know, while he shoots the puck, to me as a defense in that, it, it blows my mind. Uh, and then when you watch McDavid night in, night out, like, we all know the year he put up last year, and, and you know, it's crazy to say, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had a better year this year. So, from a fan's perspective, I'm going to say McDavid. Uh, from an ex-player's perspective and a defense from what McCarr does is, is, is absolutely insane.
2: All right, Obes, who's... Outside of hockey, to you know, do you generally gravitate? You said you were watching Wimbledon, but is there like a uh, a non hockey guy that you're saying a guy or girl that you're like, man, like I have to, I have to watch? It's appointment viewing for you.
0: Well, you know, this time of year, obviously the MLB All Star Game was 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 last night. This is when I start. You know, I I break out my Blue Jays jersey. I got my Chapman jersey ready. I, I think there's seven games back, so I will put my Blue Jays hat on. Uh, you guys mentioned Joker in, in basketball. You know, when I wasn't a big basketball guy all year and I started watching the playoffs and just the way he distributed the ball, how unselfish he was as a basketball player. You know, a lot of times when you watch basketball, to me, those guys can be selfish. The way he was team first, obviously winning a championship in my old city of Denver. Uh, I really respected what he did throughout the playoffs, just the way he dished it out and how big of a team guy he was.
1: You know, uh, I-, I thought you were going to say, like, uh, Scotty Scheffler. Guy looks like a 37-year-old accountant, and he's just, like, out there <laughs> dropping dimes at pins.
0: Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, he- he's nasty. I-, I wish he had a little more flair, like you said. Uh, he does look like a 38-year-old accountant, a very rich one, <laughs> mind you. But, uh, yeah. you know, obviously, the Open Championship coming up this weekend, uh, I-, I love major golf. Um, you know, great story of the PGA at Oak Hill with Brooks Shepka. I was a little disappointed with Rory at the U.S. Open. I had my money on him and his putter let him down, but I'm looking forward to the Open Championship this weekend.
2: Hey, Obi, what's going on with Richo calling uh, Crosby the ultimate grinder, calling Scheffler an accountant? Like, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, Dano's fired up. He's got the the off-season. He misses hockey. He's taking his frustrations (laughs) out on on other athletes. But, uh, hey, it is what it is. Um, I'm with you uh, uh, on Scotty. He he does look like a 38-year-old accountant, but he competes hard. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to agree with with, with Crosby being a grinder, uh, but hey, it is what it is, Daniel.
1: <laughs> uh, now I'm going to be known as the guy that hates on uh, Sidney Crosby around these parts, but uh, <laughs> we'll leave we'll leave that where it is. Uh, it's been a it's been an interesting offseason for the Canucks. Hopes you know they uh, they focused a lot on shoring up things at the defensive side of the ice. Are the uh, free agent pickups they've made Teddy Bluger, Carson Soucy, Ian Cole? Are they uh, Shane O'Brien approved?
0: You know they are obviously. You know, they're harder to play against than they were before free agency. Uh, You mentioned Teddy Bluger. You know, I thought he went to Vegas and did a nice job after the trade deadline. I think he'll come in there and give the Canucks a little more, you know, jam up front. He can PK, he plays bigger than he is. And then on the back end, you know, Ian Cole, listen, he is what it is. He's not probably the best puck moving defenseman, deadly cup champion that competes, blocks shots, can penalty kill. And then Carson Susie, I, I like now. Is he going to jump in there and be a top-four defenseman? I don't know. Well, some people think he's overpaid? Maybe. But he comes in, gives him size, gives him some physicality. Uh, and I think at the right minutes, and I think talks and Footer will do this, he'll be a very, very reliable defenseman for the Canucks.
2: Yeah, and especially with those defensemen, but with Bluger as well, like, this team was just – in or around their net, they're easy to play against. And at least with Cole, you know, they need a, a couple of cycle breakers. They've got Susie there, and, and Blueger's going to be able to provide something down the middle. So a little bit, maybe more of a fit with these three guys. But what else do they need? When you look at that Pacific division, Obi, it's probably the second best division in hockey behind the Atlantic. Uh, what else do the Canucks need based on on the lay of the land right now?
0: Yeah, they, they need Thatcher Demko to have the year he had two years ago when he was an All Star. Um, you know, listen, he's he's one of the best goalies in the league. I still believe that. Uh, I, you know, I would love to see his off season right now. I, I don't know him personally, but you got to think he's working hard on and off the ice, physically and mentally. Uh, if Thatcher Demko can bounce back, uh, to me the Vancouver Canucks to can be a playoff team. Uh, you know, when I look at their their lineup up front, you know, are they missing maybe one more legit top six forward? Probably in a perfect world. But I think if Thatcher Demko can kick like you did a couple years ago, if the Canucks are in the playoff picture near the trade deadline, that's going to go out and try to add another top six forward or maybe another defensive as well.
1: So uh, I haven't heard your take quite a bit on uh, on Rick Tockett just yet. You know, he had the the strong finish to the season. All we keep hearing every time we hear from Tockett is like, uh, "Oh, my guys need to have a big summer, and uh, we're going to be big in in training camp. It starts day one. All these habits and." He's uh he seems to be big on on some of these cliches, but seems like a coach. I almost have a, some Travis Green feels uh, with uh, the way Tocket has started to take on uh, take on this Canucks team. And I know uh, him and Greener are, are are pretty good buddies. But uh, can we see a lot of similarities between Rick Tockett and Travis Green?
0: Yeah, I, I love both those guys. Obviously, I play with Greener, and I've got to know Tocks. Uh, a lot the last couple of years with him working on TNT and, you know, he's been good to my podcast, Mr. Curfew. You know, I I think talks is going to be way better than the media with the media than greener was, Uh, you know, greener wasn't himself the way he handled it. I I called him the bill Belichick of hockey at times where he just didn't give his answers (laughs) and tried to just, you know, keep his cards, uh, not show his cards, you know, sorry. So I, I think talks is a great guy, you know, maybe I'm a little biased, but listen, you know, where you stand with Rick talking, he's not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, I would have loved the opportunity to play for him. And listen, it's a big off season for every Canuck and a huge training camp. Everyone knows the last two years, their starts killed them. Uh, you know, And then you got people saying, ah, they didn't play meaningful hockey down the second half. It's, it's easy when there's no pressure on you. It's still hard to win hockey games in the NHL. So for me, their training camp is massive. I agree with Cox. But no, I, I think he's the right man for the job. I love Adam Foote working the back end. Sergey Gonchar involved. Uh, those are legit NHL guys and good team guys, and I think they're the right man for the job.
2: Yeah, and there's an army of coaches behind them too. You got the Sedin's, you've got Mike Komisarek, Michael Samuelson. <laughs> Go through the list; they've got a you know a lot of the guys that you played against and with uh, back there as well.
0: Yeah, I did see Michael Samuelson at the old development camp. There, the Sedin's must have hooked him up with a nice little Swedish contract. Hey, they just said <laughs> I didn't, but but he's he's a great guy. Um, Man, he's in unbelievable shape still. I remember the first time I, I saw him after we signed him. We brought him in from Detroit. I saw him, you know, getting changed. I was like, wow, I, I, am I doing the same workouts as that guy? Because that guy looks like the Hulk. But uh, great people. Uh, I love the Sadines. So when you surround yourself with that many good, legit NHL players and good people, eventually good things are going to happen.
2: All right, Obi, we've talked about Rick Tockett's, you know, big summer for his players. What's Obi's big summer? Like, what do you got in the store uh, these days?
0: Yeah, my summer's just about to kick, kick off here. I'm actually flying back to Ontario Friday, so I'm, I'm going to have a little night out with some boys Friday night. I'm going to the Jays game Saturday. Uh, then I'm heading to the lake for uh, for about seven to ten days to, to be a, be an uncle with my two nephews. And then off to Ireland at the start of August. Uh, me, Lupo, and Upshaw are all going to be 40. Uh, I turned 40 August 9th, so we're going to Ireland to play ten rounds of golf and see how much Irish whiskey we can drink, boys.
1: That sounds, uh, that sounds pretty amazing. Are you an uncle like me where you just rile up the little ones and then uh, then you're like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Now you guys deal with you it. You know
0: what? Yeah, uh, no, my, my nephews don't need any help getting riled up. <laughs> I, I mean, I always thought like I was going to be the uncle that I had to toughen them up. They're, they're tough enough. They have enough energy. Uh, I just try to calm them down because uh, I, after chasing them around for, for seven days at the lake, uh, I'll be exhausted, but it, it's great. I love getting home as much as I can. I don't get home as much as I can, but It'll be fun to be on the lake and and hang out with those two knuckleheads.
2: You're listening to The Morning Show. We're joined by Shane O'Brien and Obi. Uh, Last week, the news was Alain Vigneault calling uh, his coaching career, basically saying, yeah, coaching is behind him. Uh, First and foremost, your thoughts on that announcement last week?
0: Yeah, I I was a little bit surprised by it. You know, obviously, things didn't go the way he wanted to in Philadelphia. But listen, I mean, there's no secret. You know, at times me and A.V. didn't see eye to eye, but I always thought he was a good coach, very well prepared. I think A.V.'s biggest, you know, attribute was how how even the stayed. I, I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, we lost an eight straight at home, and, uh, you know, they were called for his head in Vancouver and, and burst scored. you know, the OT winner against Carolina, and, and we turned our season around and, and won a division. But throughout that losing streak, A.V. was the same. Even killed, never seemed upset. Now those are times would come in between periods and let us have it a little bit, but um I was a little bit surprised, uh, always had respect for a v and and uh, you know hopefully he would say the same about me. but I was a little surprised, Randy all
2: right. Uh, we have to ask you about this because it's the connection you and a v have. You mentioned you didn't get along uh all that much uh twenty ten. He suspended you. Uh, you were apparently late coming into practice. You showed up what at ten fifty five for eleven a.m. practice.
0: Is there any other story <laughs>
2: behind that as well? Do you wanna you wanna give us some details?
0: Yeah, well, you know, with Av, with me and him, it was always a weight thing with him, right? Like if I was, you know, two thirty four instead of two thirty two, he's like, "You're not taking care of yourself." And I'm like, "Fella, what do you want me to tell you? I had some, I had some oatmeal in the." <laughs> in the lounge like I don't I, it's two pounds they be like you know you're not playing me 30 minutes a night here I, I'd rather have that two extra pounds in the corners when you put me out there against the fourth lines than, you know stuff like that so w- it was always a battle with him that you know at times you didn't think maybe I was taking care of myself enough and um, yeah unfortunately boys uh, the old iPhone didn't go off um, and I, I was out the day before in Vancouver I think I hit man I must have hit every bar that day in Vancouver during the day and uh, I was home actually at a decent time, just slept in and um, you know, maybe he pulled me in and said, you know, we're not gonna bring you on the California trip. We're gonna, you know, hold you back. And um, you know, the the one thing I didn't like about that was, you know, he didn't protect me in the media. Uh, I, I think listen, if you're if you're gonna sit me down and you know, you want you know, you don't wanna play me, uh, you know, maybe you could have said I had a little bit of a groin injury or or, or something instead of just burying me in the media. But hey, it is what it is. That's how it went down. Uh, the biggest bummer was though, well, I did miss the California Swing Boys. I had a couple things lined up too, which was kind of a bummer. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh,
1: that could be uh, that. That <laughs> one could be tough. Uh, but uh, it's, <laughs> sounds like you got a pretty good summer lined up with uh, with the island trip coming. Um, you gonna be? You, you able to play Lynx golf there, Obes, or, uh, or 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 what?
0: Well, listen, boys. So my uh, shout out to my boy Billy Quinn, a guy from Dallas that we've got to the an absolute beauty, who has a couple of memberships over there. He's got it all dialed in, and I said. My only, my only request is no early tea time. So the earliest <laughs> tea time we have is 11 o'clock. Uh, it stays light there till 10 at night. So we're going to get up, have a nice morning, have a steamer, sauna, get the body loosened up. Um, I hit the ball low, Dano. So Lynx Golf sets up great for me. I, I played Bandon Dunes, which I absolutely love. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting over there to the, to the motherland of Ireland and, and, like I said, trying every kind of Irish whiskey I can and, uh, hanging out with my, my three best buddies. It's going to be
2: fun. Well, Obi, the, the alarm didn't go off back in 2010, but it did today. And we appreciate you joining <laughs> us today early, man.
0: <laughs> no, It's always fun with you boys. It's good getting back on. Have a great summer. And uh, we're all Canucks, fellas. I think it's going to be a year, big year for the Canucks. Let's get some positivity in that city going. Right? Uh,
1: absolutely. OBS you're the best. Thanks for this.
0: All right. Thanks, boys.
1: Uh There he is. Uh, Shane O'Brien. Mr. Curfew Podcast, former Vancouver Canuck and uh, –
2: He's everywhere, man.
1: Uh we we gotta figure out, hopefully one of these mornings. I mean, it's totally dependent on what the puck Oku says, but we gotta get Shane O'Brien into one of our pucked Okus. Yeah, he was, ba- wasn't wasn't eligible today.
2: No, he bounced around a bit though. I'm sure yeah. he'll pop up very soon. Very soon.
1: If uh if there was a Tampa Bay and Calgary one, then uh then that would have worked out.
2: Probably. Anaheim. Yep. He was in Nashville for a bit. Yep. Right? Like he went to a few spots.
1: Yeah. Uh, Murph threw, threw him out in that uh, that video with uh, with uh, Tampa or sorry Nashville last week and the retiring cameraman. Uh, all right, Stan Riccio and Randy Janda, we've got what we learned coming up. Also, a couple more things that we want to get to. So get your text messages in six fifty six fifty on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. What we learned is coming up next on the morning show.
0: Thatcher Demko can bounce back, uh, to me, the Vancouver Canucks can be a playoff team. And, you know, when I look at their their lineup up front, you know, are they missing maybe one more legit top six forward, probably in a perfect world. But I think if Thatcher Demko can kick like he did a couple years ago, if the Canucks are in the playoff picture near the trade deadline, that's when to go out and try to add another top six forward.
1: That's uh, Shane O'Brien, former Vancouver Canuck, just joined us here on the morning show. Dan Riccio and Randy Janda. Alfred and Brough in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Yeah, good uh, good, uh, few moments there from uh, Shane O'Brien. Uh, this text at 650, 650. What a legend Obi is. And another text comes in. This guy is 40, going on 20. <laughs>
2: Obi is, hey man, he, Obi doesn't change. He's a he's a good dude.
1: Uh, I can't knock uh, knock people for enjoying their life. And uh, Shane O'Brien has uh, never been shy about letting people know he's uh, he's a happy guy.
2: No, and you got the full story on the uh, the suspension back in 2010. Yep. Apparently, he hit every bar in Vancouver that night. Got home at a reasonable time. <laughs> yeah, just could not get up uh, the alarm. Just and hit maybe, the snooze button. Hit the snooze button a
1: few too many times,
2: and um, was late for practice. And and uh, Av was not happy. So.
1: Obi is a certified beautician. Yeah, he is. Uh, absolutely. And Gurp from uh, Surrey says, tell uh, Shane O'Brien, we appreciated him having Canucks fans backs when Bo made that comment. We'll let him know because Obi, uh, Obi definitely didn't love that comment coming from Bo.
2: No, uh, he he was very direct. Yeah. Very direct. I actually texted him after he he had that rant on his podcast. Yeah. He had a bigger rant in the text <laughs> when he sent it back to me. <laughs> he was fired up, man
1: oh man gotta love it uh, from from shane o'brien uh all right uh, a couple things going on tonight we'll get into those but before we do that it's time for what we learn and it's brought to you by get fire plan protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans monthly audits and risk mitigation of 200 dollars off visit getfireplan.com
0: oh my god we're having a fire plan
1: Yes, it is uh, what we learned here on The Morning Show. All right, what we learned, we've got some text filtering through already, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. You want to get us started here, Randy?
2: Yeah, what we learned is that the Burger King in Thailand might be the unhealthiest
1: place on the planet. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you see this? No, I've not seen this. What's going on with the Burger King in Thailand? You're going to have to Google this. Based on their
2: latest menu item in Burger King Thailand, they have a new cheeseburger.
1: Okay. No meat. So this is not a burger.
2: 20 slices of cheese between two buns. Isn't that's this just it. a this is just a grilled cheese? 20 slices, Reach. Like, Google this, look at the picture, you will be disgusted. And that's a menu item. It's a waiting heart attack. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. Twenty it's, slices. It's not a burger. Like, okay, are you looking at it? it's processed cheese? Yeah, that's not. You're not gonna live.
1: Twenty layers of cheese. Oh my goodness! That's not.
2: I did not expect to see that pop up on a menu in Thailand, but there we are. Such fine cuisine in that country, and that Burger King is coming out with that.
1: So you're skipping out on the pad thai and going for a <laughs> real cheeseburger from Burger King? Vegetarian friendly. <laughs> I don't know if I could do this. That's just way too much processed no, cheese. No, I'd rather have. I'd rather have like the uh, the quadruple or what do they call it? It's not even on the menu. The the, the grand slam at uh, at Wendy's with four patties in oh, it. Oh yeah, because no, no. they have the single, double, triple, and then off menu you can ask for. a could ask for the grand slam with four patties. Gotta- I'd rather do that than this real cheeseburger.
2: Yeah, this one is uh this one's rough. But like, wait a second. You're ordering off menu at Wendy's?
1: No. <laughs> not recently. Is anyway. that like
2: a VIP thing? Uh I
1: sp- What we learned there is a way you can hit for the cycle at Wendy's. You have a single, a double, okay. a triple, and then you go for the grand slam. Off menu. Off menu.
2: Such VIP dining experiences from Dan Riccio.
1: If you do that in one sitting, it's called hitting for the cycle. All right, at Wendy's.
2: Yeah, and you're also probably wheeled out of the place.
1: Yeah, I, I I watched somebody do this one time. It was disturbing.
2: All right. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> I'll pass. It's back in the high school so, days.
2: That's a hard pass.
1: Uh, what we learned, continuing here on the uh, Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Justin and East Van what we learned Dan finally found the right mix of sleep and spros no slip ups today it's true I, I think there was a maybe a couple you
2: know the beginning of the show you sounded rough
1: <laughs> I was rough. trying to sound like nonchalant you know I didn't want to like come over the top no
2: you sounded non-awake Nonchalant. Elon, was it that bad? We'll let yeah, the producer decide.
1: I think it was just the the first minute. That's
2: about it. But you, I, I you, did hear. You know the most important part of the show? The intro? <laughs> uh, you sounded like you're sleepwalking,
1: yes. Well, the first hour of today's show on the People's Show podcast will be uh the most, will be the most downloaded now because everybody's curious to how tired I sounded. I love the, the text. <laughs> well
2: Reach, mornings are not for you. You sound exhausted. <laughs>
1: Was it that bad? Yeah, it was bad. I go back I, and listen. I said top of the morning to you. It didn't sound like it at all? No. It sounded no. like I just rolled out of bed? All right.
2: All right. We got another one here. What, what I learned, Costco poutine is worse than Burger King, Thailand. Apparently oh. poutine. So there you go.
1: I, uh, like the, <laughs> the Costco poutine, Costco food menu in general, I find hilarious. Because people go in there, they spend like four or five hundred bucks on stuff they probably don't need. Stocking up on things in the future, or you know, they're walking through the aisles, and be like, "Oh, this seems like a great deal. Do I need this right now? No, but it's a great deal.
2: I'm gonna buy it in bulk, <laughs> and I'll be set for the rest of my life. Yes. Yeah.
1: And then when you leave, you're like, "Oh, I got a dollar hot dog, so I feel great about it. You know.
2: <laughs> it's like a nine hundred dollar bill in your groceries.
1: <laughs> but I saved on the hot dog, so it's all good.
2: Costco food or IKEA? I know a lot of people are yelling at the radio saying Costco because... I'm probably going Ikea. Yeah, like, if I'm hungover, it's Costco. Mm. Otherwise, it's probably Ikea. Yeah. If I'm looking for some grease. (laughs) It's
1: only a matter of time before we got into the food discussions here uh, on the show.
2: We got a lot of food techs coming in here as well, so... uh, Yeah. Why don't we go with Marcus and Gibson? What we learned. I learned the Blue Jays bullpen just got a little weaker with an apparent injury to Jordan Romano.
1: Yeah, my guy Jordan Romano um, left last night's All-Star game, teed one up for Lourdes Goriel, which was later ruled a foul ball. But that last pitch he threw was an absolute meatball, and it got crushed. Lucky for him, it went foul. Was taken out of the game and then uh, was spoke to Hazel May afterwards, so it couldn't have been that bad if he did – media after the game but uh, did say that there was a slight tweak in his back so he's gonna have to uh, rest up and uh, see where he's at when uh, the Blue Jays get back to playing later this week
2: so the positive is Vladdy Guerrero Jr. wins the home run derby comes back with confidence the negative side is your MLB leading saves leader might be out for some extended time
1: yeah for a team that uh, can't seem to win any game that or play in many games that aren't frighteningly close that's uh that's tough uh more coming in on the dunbar lumber text message inbox pod colson's new nickname will be the pod father he will be responsible for saying ready to rock and roll when leaving a restaurant clicking the barbecue tongs twice before using them and saying we needed this when it rains for the first time in a while (laughs)
2: good one. You basically described my buddy Perry Falcowski with the uh, <laughs> So shout out to my guy Perry.
1: Well, this is this came off of the uh, conversation we had this morning if Pod Colson developed dad strength because he is a new father
2: at the age of 22.
1: Even it doesn't matter that he's 22, he's a dad. So And we were
2: differentiating between dad strength and old man strength.
1: Is there a difference?
2: Of course there is. Old man strength, you have to hit like a threshold of, I would say, probably what, 47 seems like a good number, 50? (laughs) You can't be old man strength at 22.
1: Old man strength. Uh, Minor Matt in Abbotsford. I watched a video over the weekend where 10 freestyle champions took to the pitch against Ronald Arujo, and not one of them could even muster a shot on goal. Arujo, a uh, Uruguayan footballer, mm. defender. All right. And um, pretty good. All right. It's, I think one of the most, like, okay. So if you were to take 10 penalty kicks on a professional goalkeeper in, let's say, one of Europe's top five leagues. Sure. Would you be able to score one?
2: No. No. And the reason I say that is, I know this because uh, Big Dan Fernandez, he was number three goaltender on the 2010 Portuguese World Cup team. Right. Born in Edmonton, went to high school at Killarney Secondary, went to school with him. This man was six foot six, still is, still playing, uh, I believe, in in Europe at this point. Yeah. And we would occasionally take shots on him. And this was when he was a high schooler. He wasn't allowing
1: anything. Yeah.
2: I'm not scoring on – I don't care if it's an 89-year-old Gigi Buffon. <laughs> like, it ain't happening, man.
1: The intimidation is real. Uh, you, you, Yeah, you wouldn't be able to score. Like, I don't think you'd be able to – you wouldn't put enough pace on a shot, even from 12 yards out where the penalty spot is, to get it by a professional goalkeeper at that level.
2: And it would be a classic overthinking too, right? Yeah. Like, Because you're like, okay, they're going to see where I'm going, so I'm going to try to do the Simone Zaza, like, wind up. <laughs> Like you're you're so overthinking it at that point. Uh, we got this one from Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen. The uh, the food theme continues here. Yeah, I learned that McDonald's in Indonesia will cater your wedding. Did you ever consider that for your wedding, Rich? Uh,
1: McDonald's will cater the wedding. Yeah. Um, no, but my cousin's wedding, Cugino, uh, last June, had uh, some double cheeseburgers and junior chickens delivered to the late night table. Yeah, this wedding. is
2: when everybody's so drunk and yeah. and the buffet is no longer available or whatever, the plates are not <laughs> yeah, available. Yeah. 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 So instead
1: well, uh, to go along with the late night sweet table, which is a common theme at Italian weddings, uh, they brought in the double cheeseburgers and they brought in junior chickens okay. to to feed the the open bar folk that were looking for a, a little extra pick-me-up. Around midnight
2: But that's not catering though. That's like one of the cousins Just goes and gets like 100 hamburgers right? No well
1: you Yeah you definitely plan it To, yeah. to get uh, the, the 100 burgers Or okay. whatever else Alright uh, What we learned Fruit flies are really bad This year Or is it just me Dempster Dan
2: it Hasn't been that bad
1: I haven't noticed <laughs> I don't know It might be Dempster I, I live in a condo So
2: Is it Dempster Dan Or Dumpster Dan Because <laughs> I can understand If there's fruit flies In the dumpster Yeah but I think it's Dempster Dan
1: uh, Brain of Jay: The New York Jets will be featured in Hard Knocks this season. I haven't paid much attention to the series in years, but the Aaron Rodgers element might make the required viewing. That's what we learned from uh, Brain of Jay.
2: I haven't watched Hard Knocks in like ten years.
1: Didn't they have to force the Jets to do Hard Knocks?
2: Yeah, they don't want to do it, but the NFL can technically pick any team. Oh, okay. So,
1: kind of adds to it. They got a lot of personalities: Sauce Gardner, yeah. Zach Wilson.
2: Yeah. True. Yeah. Even, even Robert Sala
1: is a, a good coach to watch. Yeah, yeah.
2: There's some entertainment there. Yeah. There's. I okay. I'll be honest. Yeah. The Joe Philbin Hard Knocks is the last one I watched. I was just like, yeah. As a Miami Dolphins fan, I was.
1: At the time, I was a Dolphins fan. I have never been so out on a coach in my entire life. After watching Joe Philbin during Hard Knocks, I was like, man. How did this guy get a job? Cooked. <laughs> Dave <wants> that? <laughs> Dave wants that was bad. Joe Philbin was worse. Yeah. I was like cuz it was his first season as coach, right?
2: Yeah. You know who Joe And Phil- it was like you
1: watch that and you're like, man, we are not going to have any success.
2: Some guys are just better assistants like Phil Housley in the NHL is a classic example. When he was the coach of the Buffalo Sabres, those pain- those press conferences were painful to watch. Yeah. It was a lot of G Willickers going on with uh, <laughs> Willickers with, <laughs> with Phil Housley. Joe Philbin was very much the same. Just not good.
1: Uh what we learned Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen are co favorites for the MVP, according to Las Vegas. And Joe Burrow as well. Uh, co NFL MVP co favorites. Of the three, who wins?
2: go with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow? Yeah. Oh, off what? the board. Not off the board. He's still. One I, it's of, not off the board. But I would you just say, mentioned him as one of the favorites. Yeah, he's third most
1: <laughs> likely of the three.
2: Uh, yeah, I think. Something you know, there's always time for a new wave, right? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Is, when you win it so many times, or you're, you're a Super Bowl champion, I feel like, people are looking for the other guys to step up. I think it seems like it might be a good time for Joe Burrow.
1: It's still Mahomes's to lose. Um, what do you feel about your guy Josh Allen this I think this year he's going to have a career year this year. MVP is a little tough, but I do think you know last year he was a turnover machine. Yeah. So I think he's going to improve a lot on that. You know, we could still get D-Hop as well.
2: Yeah. That, there's a lot going on with that situation, but I've got high hopes this season for Josh.
1: Josh Allen could uh, could be big. What we learned, Josh Allen now dating Haley Steinfeld as well. Mm. So big pickup for the team. <laughs> Huge pickup for the Bills and, uh, and Josh Allen. So um, what we learned coming in on the uh, Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, more of these uh, as uh, we go through it. I'll take the Ikea meatballs over a Costco hot dog. I don't know if we learned that, but uh, we learned that about you, certainly.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm a vegetarian, so I I can't really, I I don't know even how the hot dogs taste. Honestly, I haven't had a Costco hot dog in my life. Uh, Shocking, I know.
1: What we learned, the Whitecaps are doing one over on the BC Lions and the rest of the CFL in actually taking this open night of sports where nobody has anything to watch and playing against austin at uh, bc place
2: and the heavy favorites reach I was talking to you about this a little bit earlier on are they they're yeah big time favorites if you put a couple of bucks on the well, austin fc yeah they're plus 350 right now to win this match that's uh, so wait <laughs> so the white
1: caps are or
2: the white caps are minus 143 Yeah, So they are the heavy favorites right now.
1: Uh, That's uh, going down tonight. I believe you have to watch it on uh, Apple TV, but uh, you can do so. Whitecaps, MLS, they have uh, the world all to themselves as uh, the rest of the sports world is off for the night. We're back tomorrow, Thursday morning. Hope you'll join us here on The Morning Show with Dan Riccio and Randy Janda.